Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero, where I come to you each and every week from my studio in Dallas, Texas. Today, I have one of the greatest minds that I know. Um, perhaps um, one of the people that has made the greatest impact in my life, and I never saw it coming. And I have my trainer, Justin Blevins, in the studio with me today. How you doing, buddy? Incredible, incredible. This is a uh, this is a very unique podcast today for me because um, uh, Justin leaves on Saturday. He's moving to Colorado Springs to start a church, which means that uh, you know someone that I've spent six days a week with for the last seven months. Uh, and I'm going to go so far as I'm not sure that, um, with the exception of some travel, that one. Workout was ever missed? Never. I'm not sure I ever sent you a text that said... I'm not going to make it today. I don't think so. Is not, that... Not one time. Not one time. Not one time. So when you... In fact, did... often you were there before I was. <laughs> <laughs> Including this morning, buddy. <laughs> I think if you... I don't know if you... Someone could pull out a calculator and figure out what six days a week times four weeks is 24 a month times seven months is, I don't know, 160, 70 sessions together of one hour plus. And um, all I was looking for, man, was somebody to help me lose weight. I, 50 pounds. I was looking to lose 50 pounds on my 50th birthday, but I was not looking for uh, what I got. Um, and just to give uh, people a little bit of background, I reached out to a friend of mine. Some of you probably know him, Jamie Waite of AC Hero, who's a local, lives uh, in the same town that I do. And I said, hey, man, I'm looking for a new trainer um, who do you know? And I, he immediately replied back on Facebook, um, and said, um, on Facebook messenger and said, do you want to, uh, you want to work out or you want to transform? And I said, I want to transform. And he said, there is only one guy. And that guy is Justin Blevins. Who's in the studio today. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll get a chance to see what Justin Blevins looks like, because I think it's important <laughs> to give a description that, um, you know, if you saw this guy walking down the side of the street, you'd probably go to the other side of the street because uh, you'd, you'd be partially afraid of him. Um, but then when you got to know him, you'd realize that he's a gentle giant. 270 pounds? Uh, sometimes. Right now, I'm about 280, 285. 285. <laughs> I, I go somewhere between 260 and 300 pounds at all times. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big range, dude. But um, lots of tats. I got one or two. I do have one or Dude, two. Dude, you got them from the chin to the toes, well, my All the way brother. back my, up the That's right. my head. Halfway yeah. up your skull yeah. to your toes. Yeah, I, I have uh, almost 400 hours of tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> all of it is um, shocking, um, to say the least, for a guy like me who's pretty much set in his ways. And um, at times judgmental. Um, you and I have talked about your tattoos. I've wondered, you know, what? Wh when did you wake up and say, fuck everybody? I'm getting the neck tattoo, right? <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, my, that was my wife's question, too. Like, are you sure? Don't do your hands. Don't do your head. Don't do your neck. And finally, she was just like, I like them all. You know, they're all good. So. 
they all have you know massive purpose and meaning and i've never picked anything off of a shelf or said oh i, I think i'd like that they all i designed exactly what i wanted to look like before i ever did it so but what was the reason purpose. for all the tats um tattoos are a true expression you know and they're a lifetime expression because they don't go away they're a true expression of maybe not your life, but where you're at in your life right now. And whenever you've designed your life and you know that's going to be the design of your life for the foreseeable future, then you can really put something, you can stamp something on you forever and be okay with it. And especially in today's world, you know, 30, 40 years ago, this would have really, really held me back. But really, it's it, it becomes a, a conversation starter. It becomes a question. Um, when when did you get that done? When mm -hmm. Why'd you do that? You know, oh, what's your favorite one? How many tattoos do you have? And it really leads me into being able to have a conversation with people that has a really beautiful flow because it comes from something somewhere that they're curious about, whether a negative place or a, a good place, they're, they're still curious. Yeah. Um, and I think what you're saying, and I think you've helped me understand it, is that they're curious to the positive because it no longer carries the same interpretation. It's really looked at as expression and art. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, it's just not, it's just not that, um, uh, it's not that um, badge that, or label that so many people used to think it is. It's not a badge of rebellion for everybody anymore. Yeah. It really becomes a source of expression of the way you feel and the way you think about yourself and the hopes that you have for your life and the things that are important to you. Um, you know, everything on me is, is purposeful. Every single tattoo means something. Well, you've taken it to the extreme, my brother. I take everything to the I extreme. know. That's my point. <laughs> That's where we're going. So long story short, um, clearly none of the things we're talking about so far in the podcast have anything to do with working out <clears throat> or nutrition. And I think that's the greatest gift that you were able to give me. And as we come to this time where our six days a week are, you know, some some weeks, 10 hours a week, mm -hmm. that's a lot of time, a lot of time as that as that begins to close. I, I just had to get you on the podcast because I want to unpack so many of the things that you taught me. Mm -hmm. And hopefully maybe you'll unpack a few things that I taught you, too. But, yes. But mostly, what did you teach me? Because when I when I started that journey, I wasn't looking to be taught the stuff you taught me. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, I, I went to your gym um, because I saw one of your Facebook ads. This is before I reached out looking for a new trainer. And I literally went to do your six-week challenge at the gym. And I signed up with old Kenny. And I paid 600 bucks in cash. And I never darkened the doorstep i never went one time not the next day i didn't go that afternoon i didn't say two days later i better get after it i never went to one workout might as well burn the money might as well have burned the money it was my contribution to 180 culture You're and gym. we thank you <laughs> yeah, truthfully you're literally the only person that's ever done that <laughs> like that's not a common occurrence. You were the only person that's ever done that. And it wasn't like you had gone un, um, you know, forgotten. It was more like, well, where is he? Why? Something must have happened. He'll be here sooner or later. I, I actually think the, the envelope got found like after you and I started working out. Yeah. It was like, wait a minute. I just made two and two. This guy Monero with Justin and this other guy Monero who no-showed. That's exactly And right. paid in full. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So I remember the first day that I showed up at the gym and I, I just have this um, 
this um, memory of shaking. Mm. And I know that I wasn't shaking out of nervousness. I've had multiple trainers and worked out fairly consistently for the last three, four, five years. Mm -hmm. I had guys coming to my garage Mm -hmm. and working out in my home gym. Um, But I was shaking because of the sugar addiction. Mm -hmm. And I remember it. Mm -hmm. Like, Like absolutely vividly, I remember almost not being able to control my muscles because of that addiction. Right. And I want to I want to go into so many things today, but I do want to start with that because I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I believe most fat people and maybe even skinny people mm-hmm. are under this addiction of carbohydrates and sugar. Of course. So l- let's just talk about it because you got me off of it very quickly, mm-hmm. and I've never felt better because of it. But right. let's talk about how many people are listening right now and do not. They feel so good that they may not drink like they used to and they don't smoke weed like they used to or maybe they do still smoke weed and they don't do coke and opioids, uh-huh. but they are still an addict. Of course, addicted to sugar. It's it's the most common addiction on the entire planet. It's what our whole society is addicted to. It's, it's why we carry more disease than most everybody else in the world. We have more heart disease. We have more obesity, you know. Diabetes. We, we're yeah, we're a very sick, sick. We're we're in a very sick state, and it's because we know very little about nutrition. We just you know spent five ten minutes on it throughout junior high, high school. Kind of remember you know this says fat free. This this says it's in the health section, so it's probably good for me. I'll but just dude, I'm not supposed to eat red meat. Yeah, you're not supposed to eat red meat, and you know I, I'm supposed to make sure I get all my grains in, and yeah, low fat, keep the fat down, keep the fat down, you know. And for me, I, I've been teaching keto for about 20 years, and um, it's not the only diet that I teach, but it is the one that I lead with when it comes to people wanting to really transform their lives. Um, we we kind of base our lives around food. And even people who say, well, I don't eat that much. Well, you're getting your source of pleasure or joy through that one meal that you've tortured yourself all day long. And now you have this one meal at the end of the day. And yeah, you didn't eat very much during the day, but you're eating 4,000 calories at night, you know, and I had a few snacks, but I didn't eat very much during the day. I love it when people that are unhealthy and overweight tell me I never eat. (laughs) I, I never eat. It's I, I I always answer with oh I know most of you don't most most people don't eat, but let's really get a, get control of what you're actually taking in every day and let's see if the picture that you're telling yourself is really the truth is it really are you really saying what the truth is or have you just adjusted your thought process to say you know I'm probably doing okay mm-hmm. I just have bad genetics yeah I was born to be overweight. And I just don't believe that. I believe some people can gain weight a little easier than others. But I believe if we all learned about nutrition, the way that we should be taught about nutrition, that our disease in this country would go shooting down drastically. It would be a a game changer for our entire country if we really spent the time and effort to teach people about food and what it actually does to your body. But see, that's the insight that you have. And I've, I've talked about this before on the podcast that I have a unique insight into business because we've looked at tens and tens of thousands of businesses over our career. Mm -hmm. Credit reports, bank statements, financial statements, conversations. I mean, we've talked to tens and tens of thousands of businesses, which give me and my team a unique insight. Mm -hmm. But oddly enough, you've had so many clients Mm -hmm. that you've transformed and you're 
a transformation expert, mm -hmm. not just a weight loss expert. How many people would you say you've helped lose 100 pounds or more? Well, I've, I've, for the last 10 years, I've said over 100, but it's it's doubled over that. I mean, it's been hundreds of people that I've helped lose over 100 pounds. I've, I've worked with thousands of clients over the last two years, thousands of clients. Two or 20? Two. I've worked with thousands of clients over the last two years. What so are you saying? How are you saying the, thousands? Over the online program? Oh, yeah. Okay, so so gotcha. we, we've worked with clients in, the, in 80 countries, in every state in the United States. Um, we have been, we've been crushing this systematic approach to transformation and weight loss and change for almost 20 years now. But just alone in the last couple of years, when we've gotten a little bit better at our marketing piece, we've worked with thousands of clients alone. And that gives you this insight into the human psyche. Mm -hmm. And as much as we want to think that it's about working out mm -hmm. and maybe even eating right, your secret to transformation, which you were able to feed into me, has almost very little to do with those two topics. It's, it's very little to do with any specific topic like that because transformation and change is, is in any part of your life. It, most of the time, most of the time people are stuck in whatever they do every day because they do it every day. It's in their subconscious that this is what I do and anything they try to change or adjust or, you know, make better. Well, their subconscious drags them back into their old habits and routines consistently. You know, look at anybody. Money is so simple, but most people are broke. Food is so simple, but most people are overweight or at least are addicted to food. You know, there's so many parts of life. Like, how many people would, do you talk to that you say, you know what, I have the most incredible relationship on the planet and everything's perfect with it? Well, no, nobody does because nobody's learning what does it take to create the person I want to become? What does it take to create that character? They just try to go and, you know, fix something every once in a while or change something every once in a while. But the actual change is the most important. The ability to change is more important than what you're doing with it. So I just want to slow down for a minute because you just, you, you know, you, you, you've done it for so long and you're so good at it. You, you, you didn't unpack your expertise there for everybody. <laughs> because one of the things you just talked about in that answer was this ability to create a character. Mm. And I remember that being one of the very, very, very first things that we talked about was this ability to feed into me that I could be someone other than I am. Mm -hmm. And I just never understood that. Well, now, let's, let's, let's take that for a second when you say that. Like, if you think about where you ended up in life and you really trace back how you ended, ended up there, most of the time you fell into the position that you're in. Most people, I think that you have a little bit more, um, a heads up, you have a, an advantage, but in parts of your life, you just ended up there. There was no effort to get there. There was just a routine that you fell into that you ended up there. And I believe that we have the right to write our own stories. Well, you know, when people t talk about character, a lot of times they talk about, you know, you know, doing the th right things. Morality. Yeah, morality, doing, being able to do the right things even when nobody's looking. That's not the character I'm talking about. The character I'm talking about is if you were to write your own story, and not the story of your life, but to write the story of the life you wish you were living. You know, what kind of money did you make? What kind of vacations do you go on? What does your body look like? What kind of relationship do you have? Well, you know, how do you spend the time that you were giving on, given on this planet? How do you spend your living? How do you spend your life? And most people don't write that story out, out and live that life. Most people just fall into 
the statistics. They fall into well, what everybody else does. And what everybody else does, what I'm seeing is miserable. I, I just, I see that most people are miserable. Well, I didn't think I was miserable. Well, you you did in one part of your life. Most no, people aren't miserable in every part of their life and not everything, but they have a part that they really, really are unhappy with. Yeah, but that's the reason I say that I didn't think I was miserable because I didn't. But mm-hmm. but through our time together, I realized there are elements <laughs> of my life where I was unbelievably miserable. And I always knew as the fat kid mm-hmm. that that was an element of misery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that element of covering up your fatness is not what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're actually covering up your truths. Mm-hmm. And the only person that doesn't see it is you. Zero. Because everybody else sees it. Mm-hmm. You walk into the meeting and you think your suit looks great. And they see a fat guy. Mm-hmm. And in a business setting, judgmental maybe, they see weakness. Of course. And they see lack of discipline. Now, in a, in a gym setting, they see, oh, weakness mm-hmm. and fat guy, uh-huh. right? It's pretty much the same shit right? In, in, in multiple different environments. So what you were able to do for me was to literally break me down not like a Navy SEAL breakdown. In fact, right. it was nothing like that. <laughs> but to break it down so I could begin to, to open up my mind to explore who am I, mm-hmm. who have I become, and is this the character that I want to be? Right. And that has been one of the greatest gifts somebody has ever given me in my entire life. I never knew that I could do that I could be whoever I wanted to be. Yeah. I never knew it. Yeah. And if I can give one one thing to the audience listening today, it's that you can do this thing called transformation. Mm-hmm. And it starts by by your process, which we're going to get into, mm-hmm. of visualizing everything differently. Mm-hmm. For me, I felt I felt it had to be physical, right? Mm-hmm. If I looked better Everything else would change. By the way, huge uh, improvement in that category, mm-hmm. but it still doesn't fix it. And, st- a lot of people- and, and add to that, it's it's visualizing with zero limitation. Like, well, I could, you know, I could look good for me. You know, <laughs> I could make more money, you know, for for me and where my family was, and you know, I I could do well for you know for who I am. You have to you have to have the ability to at least write out the dream life of what you want. With zero limitations, if you're ever going to even aim towards that, you have to be able to say, I don't have any limitations except the ones that I accept. And that's, you don't have to believe in that. Just write it out. You don't have to believe that you can make it. I don't, it's one of the things I hope we get into that I don't believe you have to believe in yourself at first in order to make great changes and and really transform your life. I, I believe that's almost impossible to do, but you do have to have the ability to say, this is what I want. With zero limitations, knowing that nothing, nothing can truly get in your way except yourself. So why don't we do that? Why don't we allow ourselves to visualize ourselves big? Well, I, I think that it, it comes from the way we were trained. We were, we're in a society that produces employees and produces soldiers. And those mindsets of do exactly what you're told to do, get in line, and 
you know, you can pick out a few different options of what you want to do, but pretty much do what I tell you. You to can do. wear jeans. That's to, right. To you work. can wear jeans or slacks. You can make that choice. You have freedom, <laughs> freedom of choice. But the truth is, is you see, you can wear gold shoelaces <laughs> any day you want. <laughs> That's exactly right. So the the truth is, is that we're set in an environment that limits us from the very beginning, and that we walk into what. People consider success, but really that the, the great successes are are pinning out what your success will look like to really amplify what their success should be. I once recently, within the last week or so, I saw this mom uh, say to her kid uh, in the store, stop asking me so many questions. I said, my God, it starts that early. Programming. We're programming our children to stop asking questions. The only thing you want from your kid is curiosity. It's, it's Learn to learn. <laughs> Ask a million questions. Tell your child what an incredible question that was. My gosh, I can't believe you're so smart to come up with a question. No, stop asking me so many questions. Yeah, don't ask me questions. So we're, what is, it's like this. I live my life pretty much off quotes, and, and they really stand s- firm for me. And one of, my, one of the greatest ones is the greatest minds on the planet don't always have the greatest answers, but they always have the greatest questions. And when you want to have great change in your life, start asking questions, start asking real questions. And the, your subconscious mind all the way to the world that's around you will answer those questions no matter how big they are. I just challenge everybody to, to spend time thinking about this option <clears throat> of building out this ideal character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, character, we're not talking about morality, we're talking about a vision of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, you, you, you know, you, you say, well, how did uh, Marilyn Monroe become Marilyn Monroe? Mm-hmm. She wasn't. She was Billie Jean from wherever, Kansas City or something like that. And she said, I'm not Billie Jean. Yeah, I'm you Monroe. think I'm Billie Jean. I think I'm Marilyn Monroe. Yes. And, and that that is capable. I remember you showed me a picture of The Rock and mm-hmm. you said, this is how you should dress. Yes. And I was like, oh, it was from Billions, right? Yeah. That, what's the show? Is uh, it Rock on? Ballers. Ballers. He's on. And I said, oh, man, that's cool. Look, look. And then I was going um, to travel and you showed me a picture of um, Bradley Cooper. And you mm-hmm. said, this is the outfit you should be in. Guess what? I went out and bought the black pants, the black shirt and felt damn good in it. Yes. It was, it was one of the first times in my life where someone began to show me a version of a character that I could be. Mm-hmm. And it's powerful for me to say that you gave me that gift. And it's also incredibly painful for me to believe that at 50 years old, nobody else did that. Mm -hmm. And I've said this before. I mean, I can only imagine what it could have been like for me if somebody had said, you know, Monero, you got a talent in this direction. Mm -hmm. I never remember anyone in my entire life telling me that. You know, Matt, I... uh... I searched for heroes my entire life, somebody to lead me in a way that would would bring my potential to the surface and help me to become the man that I wanted to become. And I could never find them. So I ended up becoming that man. And I wanted to teach people how to become whatever they wanted. But what it, it was beautiful because it led me to what I, I my pretty much my claim to fame is I started reading. And I started learning from the greatest minds on the planet. And I started looking those at, looking at those people as my mentors and my teachers because most great people have written their thoughts. And those thoughts have real, they can really produce something out of you. And as you've seen, 
when somebody says something to me that can impact my life in a positive way, I immediately apply it to my life. When somebody criticizes me in a way, I'll immediately take that criticism and take what I can out of it and make it a strength and start adjusting myself to increase. But that came over years and years and years of saying, I just want to be better. Yeah. I just want to become something greater. I want to be the best version of myself and I want to be better tomorrow than I was today. And you searched for some wisdom. I, I, I constantly still search for great wisdom. But wouldn't it have been amazing if someone that was a hero who shared that wisdom gave you a little bit of a roadmap mm-hmm. to walk on? I mean, it's one of the things we share tremendously is neither of us had much of a of a, of a roadmap. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's an element for the two of us that we've just be, sort of become what we kind of thought we could, but who the hell knows how much we've left on the table. Right. Right. And, and, and I think we live in a, a, an environment that we have the ability from now until we die to produce that. I'm not, I don't think that you're past a time to where the greatest version of yourself isn't still in there ready to rock and roll. Dude, I'm cranking it right now. Of course you are. Everything is about, everything is about building to the new, to the new character of who I could be, Mm -hmm. um, which will be, which, which has already created so much unique clarity, Mm -hmm. which we'll get into a little bit more today. But I want to give a couple concepts that you taught me that I thought were Things And I'm a well-read guy, too. I'm a well-learned guy, just like you are. Mm -hmm. But these are things that I never really understood. The first we talked about was this building out of this character, this visualization of who you want it to be. And it is not required to your accomplishments or who you are or where you are today. It can be radically different. How the hell else does somebody lose 100 pounds? I I actually prefer people to start from scratch. I I don't start from scratch when you're designing this. If you start from anywhere else but from bottom, then you will limit yourself just from your natural experiences, from the time that you spent with people, from the disbelief you have in yourself and what you've built up. And so I'm not asking you to believe in yourself. I'm asking you to write out the story of the perfect life that you lived, Mm -hmm. the perfect life that you want to live. What is the perfect vision of the day you want to wake up and have every day? Mm-hmm. And and I'm not saying that you can have that tomorrow, but I am saying that you can have that. Mm-hmm. You can have that. Mm-hmm. So one of, one of the concepts, though, that you began to feed into me, and, and you've mentioned that this is my terminology, so I'm interested in what your terminology, but I refer to it as starving out the doubt. Mm-hmm. The doubt that creeps in when, <clears throat> you know, I did four days at the gym today or this week. Uh, not true, six. But but that person says, well, I did four. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of doubt that can creep in on those other three. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you were trying to get me to begin to starve out the doubt. Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean exactly for everybody else? Well, you know, we are in a society that is so filling of the words of the world that naturally create your own doubt. And you, you, you are... What do you mean? I watched Fox News and... And there's tariffs, so oh my gosh, I better not expand my business. Well, not only not only that, but it's in every part of your life. Like everything, pretty much um, navigates to business for you. But everybody else might have their own. Everything navigates to their personal life, or everything nav- navigates to their financial struggles, or whatever that is. And it's because they they don't they don't even have them. They don't know what they're doing. They're just trying to survive in what they've been handed or, you know, what they fell into. And so I think it's important that when we're trying to starve out our doubt, we have to recognize what the doubt is first. And recognizing what doubt is, is the, the, the simplicity of saying that I don't believe that I can do 
anything different than I'm already doing. I don't believe it. Like I know that, you know, there's books that tell me to, and there's all sorts of YouTubes and podcasts. There's all these things that tell me that I can believe in myself and I can change my life, but I, I don't really believe it. And you're never going to believe it. And it's still you, until you start making small incremental positive changes in your life. Well, hold on cowboy. Cause that's the next one that I want to talk about, <laughs> but, but you're basically saying that why would I believe that I could have success? I've failed most of my life. Right. You, you failed it and not even failed because most people be like, hear that now. I haven't failed. Well, you're failing at trying to change things. Most people fail at trying to make different things happen in their well, life. But, 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 but the person says, but I have failed. I've never made the money I was supposed to make. I got divorced. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm fat. I tried to work out all these times and I just couldn't lose the weight. I mean, what would what would make me think that I could do it differently? Exactly. Why would I believe I could do anything different than what I've already done? So when we failed so many times in life, why would we expect ourselves to believe anything different than I'm a failure? And the only way to get past that is to have small successes, small wins. And then you can eventually start to believe in yourself. That's why I think it's a huge mistake when pe people say you have to believe in yourself first. I, I just I don't think you can choose to believe in yourself. That's not a choice that people can make. I, I don't believe that. I think you have to see victory, not huge victory, but consistent victory in your life to start to build up that belief in yourself. And those small victories are the only way to starve out to really starve out that that fear that, that you doubt. have in your yeah that fear and that doubt you have in your life. So so that takes us then to this next concept that you taught me, which are called micro goals. Right? Micro I thought goals. we had that big goals, dude. I thought everything had to be massive. We had to have these huge, massive goals, mm -hmm. and because otherwise we climb the hills that are too small, right? Mm -hmm. And you said that transformation occurs through micro goals. Micro so let's goals. talk about what a micro goal is defined as for you. Okay, so let's let's just step back just a little bit off of that so I can show you where micro goals comes from. You know, most people say, you know, you've said it before, I've said it probably before, but most people say, you know, I'm just not feeling motivated. Well, micro goals come off of what I say, the technique I say to build motivation because action creates motivation. Motivation doesn't create action. And so we have to have micro goals every day. And depending on where you're starting, if you don't have an aptitude, if you're not already good at setting small goals and hitting them consistently, then you have to set really, really tiny goals in order to build up this new skill set. So these micro goals, like let's just give the example. You're 200 pounds overweight and you're, you're, I, my goal is to run a marathon. Yeah. You, you go outside and try to run that marathon. You might die. But if the vision is to run a marathon, that's fine. Okay, the vision is up there. That's the story that I wrote. Well, we have to go all, we have to reverse engineer all, all the way back to maybe day one is I just need you to get up and tie your shoes. Can you get up and put your running shoes on? And then take them off, take them off. And the next day, put your running shoes back on and walk to the driveway. And the next day, walk to the mailbox. The next day, walk to the end of the street. It's these tiny micro goals that, that you're not going to fail. You're going to build upon. But I think you're an absolute expert on the verge of genius at understanding how to adjust that level of expectation for people. Because um, I expected to get my ass kicked mm -hmm. at the gym. And we didn't. Mm -hmm. It never went like that. And in, in hindsight... If you had kicked my ass, I probably would have quit. Right. I, I wanted you to enjoy what you were doing. And if but you didn't how do you know how much to push the guy? 
I can ask by your experience. And actually, to tell the truth for you, you actually like to get your butt kicked. You like to get beat up now. Like you love that more than I want to push you that way. And and that I guess that that's inside of you. But at first it wasn't inside of you. I had to make it to where you had a relationship with me and a relationship with working out that was you actually looked forward to. Or you could actually at least start off tolerating. Because if you already don't want to do it, you already feel uncomfortable and it hurts so bad that you don't want to get up the next day, then most likely, unless you have this massive discipline already built inside of you, you're not going to get up and come back. You're going to say, uh, it's just not for me. And, you know, I'll figure out a different way to do it. I'll have, I'll have lap band surgery or I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take the, the medicine that makes you not eat as much and I'll take the diet pills. And, you know, what's, what's easier than this? What way has a path that doesn't feel like this? And so the first thing I like to do is I like people to get into a good relationship with myself or at least with working out or movement or diet or whatever we're starting with. Mm. But then, then we talked about this concept of ant holes, mm-hmm. which connects a little bit to starving out the doubt. But I thought it was so fascinating when you told me about it one morning that, um, you know, and I always love the concept that Buddha talks about, that you can't have light in one area of your life and darkness dark in the other. But talk about ant holes for a little bit, because it was very, very important for me to get clear and truthful in all areas right so anholes can be described as the one thing that you justify letting in because it's not that big of a deal um you know the difference in eating you know i'm eating exactly what i'm i'm told to do or i'm eating that plus i'm adding an apple and some peanut butter well, the apple and the peanut butter. By, by the way, Justin came over to my house and the Rocky rat, rocker ratted me out. She's like, he eats too many apples with peanut butter. And that wasn't on my eating plan. So the rocker, the rocker threw me in front of the bus. And the point wasn't how bad the apple and the peanut butter were. That's actually a pretty decent snack. That's not, not terrible. Almond butter, buddy. Uh, almond butter. Great. It's healthy. It's, it tastes great. But the point was we were developing a skill set of doing what we say we're going to do. And you allowing yourself to do that one thing off that course was an ant hole to allow yourself the next time that something comes up that looked tempting to say, oh, that's not that big of a deal. That's, you know, that's watermelon. You know, I'm sure that watermelon is, you know, produced by God and, you know, God creates good things. And, you know, I want, I'm going to eat the watermelon. You know, it's not a big deal. Well, that leads back into, well, I'm, you know, it's just one hamburger. I'm just going to have the bun on one of the ham, one bun off the hamburger. I won't eat both. And then it's like, well, it's a special occasion. I, you know, I can have the hamburger. Then it turns into, I eat what I want because I, I, you know, I'm in control of my life. These ant holes lead you right back into your old ways, your old paths. Mm. And there's a deception that people think you have to have balance. Well, that's, that doesn't work whenever you're trying to transform. When you're trying to make a complete life change, balance doesn't come at first. There's strict, strict ro- rules and guidelines to make sure you're becoming this new version of yourself or your subconscious is addicted to trying to get you back to your original place. Yeah, it's it's even more described in another example that you gave where where the path is a very narrow line. Very narrow path. We want it to be this wide sort of, you know, zigzag winding. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's actually the path to life transformation is pretty lean, straight, narrow, not much deviation from it. 
Right. And coaches like to teach that you have to have balance. And, you know, there's lots, you know, there's several different ways to skin a cat or whatever. But if that was true, don't you think the success rate of people would be much higher? Yeah. How many people do you see that have extreme success in any part of their life? Very, very few. Yeah. It's tiny. It's minuscule. No, dude, it's my version. I mean, I know, I know, I, I know you told me 2,100 calories, but what's 22? So that's no big deal. It's just a hundred more calories. That's not going to kill me. You're right. It's not going to kill you, but it's also going to make it create an ant hole that allows you to not do what you said you were going to do in every other part of your life. Because this isn't just about weight loss. This is going to bleed, whether a good, a positive, in a positive way or a negative way. These new habits that you're forming, they're going to bleed into the rest of your life. And all of a sudden you're going to, it's, it's okay to do a little bit of this. And it's, oh, well, it's okay to do a little bit of that. And if you were perfectly in control and that was true, then maybe there's a little mm-hmm. balance that should be attached to your life. But when we're trying to transform, when we're taking on the, the principles of transformation, there is no room for error. This is what we get. This is what we do right now. This is the season of extreme focus. And we have to have that extreme focus and that detailed plan. There you go again. Unpacking expertise on something else that you taught me, which is this concept of seasons. But before we go there, I just want to finish to the group, to the, to the audience so you really understand what Justin's saying. Because it was transformational for me that it really isn't this slightly adjusted version of the change. It really is a narrow line that has to be followed. You're not going to get into shape three days a week. You might stay in shape three days a week, but guess what? It's six days a week. Right. So let me, let me, let me add one more to that. So it's almost, it's more important to understand this concept. It's, If you don't have the ability to do exactly what either I'm telling you to do or you're telling yourself to do exactly, then you don't have the skill set to change. Because if you, even if you didn't agree with what I was telling you, if you could get the skill set down to do exactly what you were told to do or what you were telling yourself to do, then if you want to change it, then you have the skill set now and you can just implant more information, different information. Now I have the skill set to do exactly what I said I'm going to do. Now I can get information from anywhere that I'm choosing, any source that I'm choosing. Now I have that skill set to adapt. Now I just implant new information and I change my life. That's that's more important than, you know, who cares if it's 2,100 or 2,200 calories? Do you have the ability to do exactly what you said you're going to do? It's freaking massive. I mean, when someone really gets to that level of truth, you begin to starve out the doubt. You remove the end holes. The end hole concept, though, is really just for a visualization. It's, you know, if you think about it, the ants will find entry into your house, kitchen, whatever, cabinet, through the smallest of holes. And so that's the visualization that if there are teeny tiny holes left, the doubt hasn't been starved out, the ants will find that hole, the the old habits will creep back in. And Matt, is it usually one ant? (laughs) It's a lot. That's right. It's a ton, a ton of ants that get through this hole. It, it, It really is your subconscious subconscious is a way to get you back into your old habits. Which I think goes back to this, again, this recharacterization of yourself, which says, I will be a person that does what I say I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and th- that that's just, it's so freaking vital, man. It's just so vital to get that layer of truth that says, if I say I'm going to do it, I do it. 
That's and right. it's so difficult because we all put our own version of false positive on top of that. Yeah. We even don't even realize it. Dude, I hear it in our, my office all the time where, you know, uh, we just had a conversation with a guy who goals to make 100 calls a day, made 98 yesterday. I said, I'm not going to beat you up over the two. But I just want you to understand that you didn't do what you said. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> you, you feel great about it. That's your version of it because you got close. That's right. But you didn't do what you said you were going to do. And that, too, makes all the difference in the world. The ability to get across the finish line that you said you would finish mm-hmm. is what separates. I think I have one down here. It says, it says freedom in the follow through. You, you will only reach true freedom when you have extreme follow through with what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. That 98 is never enough. It's if you said you were going to do 100, you do 100 because you're creating the habits of a new character. And if you want to create 90% of that new care, 98% of that new character, then create the 98%. But don't say that you're going to do this. Be focused on doing exactly what you said you're going to do. There's true freedom in follow through. Let's talk about this concept of seasons that you introduced me to. Is that biblical? Yeah, it it, it is biblical. You know, there's it's kind of like this in life. We, all, we have many seasons that bring many different feelings throughout our life, but our seasons of feelings should have nothing to do with our pursuit of success or pursuit of happiness. Those feelings are actually a great distraction in your ability to move forward in life. So when, when I'm teaching about seasons, I'm usually teaching about seasons of extreme focus, seasons of extreme unbalance, you know. The word balance in life is very, very popular, and people really love to use that. But they're usually you're usually hearing that from people who have already had extreme success in their life. Of course. And, and they're reflecting that, I'm actually happier now that I'm living a balanced life. But sometimes, or most of the time, every time, seasons of extreme unbalance will leave a, lead you to a lifetime of freedom if that unbalanced season is extreme focus in your purpose or what you're trying to do. How long do these seasons need to last? I, there's not an answer. Sometimes the season is very short and sometimes the season is very, very long. It depends on how huge your goals are. If your season, to me, you know, let's just talk about a million dollars, you know, to the, to, to the major public, a million dollars seems like a lot, maybe to you or to me. Does you know a million dollars is not what it used to be? But let's just use a million dollars. The season it would take to make a million dollars with extreme focus is not very long. It's not a huge, huge season. But if we're talking about a hundred million dollars or a billion dollars, that season of extreme unbalanced and focus-driven work yeah. is going to be a lot longer. So you have to design your vision first, and you have to commit that. I'm willing to give myself to that vision through this season of extreme unbalance in order to receive the rest of my life of freedom and balanced life. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 we're going back to the fitness journey, but we're losing 50 pounds to get a version of my life back right. for that season of four months. You have freedoms of freedom of confidence. You have freedoms of, of the new way you look at yourself, the, the new way you present I can yourself. Sh- I don't have to shop at the big and fat store anymore. That's exactly right. I feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. I, I know that I um, understand how to eat better. You have a jawline now. <laughs> That's good. That's true. I mean, that like there's there's all sorts of freedom because you went through a season. And let me tell you, it was an extreme season. Like sometimes we were working out three or four hours a day. You know, I told I tell Matt for a little while, well, we have two hours of cardio for the next 10 days. 
every day, two hours of cardio. And he looked at me like I was joking. He was like, well, huh? What? Is this, is this really necessary? And, and uh, Matt, do you really want to hit this goal in the next 15 days? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Did you think I was going to hit the goal? Ooh, you were. I would cut your leg off. But did when, not let you hit the but goal. But when did you? When did you say to yourself, "You always knew that you had the formula to get me to hit the goal"? But when did you say to yourself, "This guy's going to follow the formula and hit the goal"? Very quickly, Matt. You yeah. you you were all in. This was a this was a moment of change for you. Yeah. You had made the decision, and you were willing to pay the price, and that was the most important. You were ready to commit to the season. That was all about transformation of your physical appearance, your body, your fitness level. Listen, just like anything, I mean, you look back on all the pain at Commercial Fleet for all those years, it was worth it. Mm -hmm. Just like this, the, the the season of dropping 50 pounds, of course it was worth it. Oh. At times it sucked going through it, but, but not terrible suck. And it was just the season. It was just for a period of time. And now you get to live with the changes. You get to live with the changes and you've adapted a a character inside of you that has the ability to say, if I want change in my life, then I'm going to have to be able to sacrifice and suffer for this amount of time, but it'll give me a lifetime of freedom. But the payoff is incredible. Like, like, I don't know, there's some, what do you call it? The sleeping system or something. There's some fancy word for it. I get up at five o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. now. My alarm is set for five ten, but I naturally wake up at five o'clock. Some days at four 30, right? Right. Um, so that is already now ingrained. Mm -hmm. The system has changed. Dude, the first month, that wake-up call was uh -huh. brutal, yes. right? It's a non-issue anymore. Right. The idea that I would eat cookies or ice cream, it doesn't even exist because I flipped the switch to say, I refuse to feel like that mm -hmm. afterwards. Right. Um, and so you've eliminated all of that. Right. The, the concept of, you know... Um, going to someone's house for dinner and having to just eat salad and pass on whatever they're making, it's a non-issue for me. I don't easy. care what the repercussions are. That's easy. Right? When, you start, when you start to gain the majority of your pleasure from food, that's when it starts to become very difficult to say no. Whenever you've developed a life full of purpose and meaning and that it means something to wake up and live every day and, and act every day and do every day, then... And food's not your only source of pleasure anymore. Now you can enjoy the you can enjoy the the the, the our conversation more than you do the steak and potato. You can enjoy uh, just hanging out and doing whatever you're doing in life without saying, "Oh, you know, it's another hour." But in an hour, I get to go to Chili's. Dude, dude, dude if a big event in your life is the food you're taking in, you need to transform your. That's life. everybody's life, dude. I know that it is, is everybody's but that, life. But that's the problem, my brother. If food is a major decision in your life and an enjoyment path. That's a problem. Look at your freaking life differently, man. A, a massive problem. It's crazy to me. Problem. But but I lived it, so uh -huh. I'm not I'm not uh, different. No, not judging anybody for it. But you can see it as a very clear picture as it's a mistake. There there has to be one um, other element of discussion, which is this, uh, and I think you handled it differently than I probably, in all frankness, would have liked it to have been handled. Mm -hmm. But it's this piece of accountability. For you, it was almost an implied accountability. Like I started with the food journal, all that sort of stuff, right? right? And uh, I, in the beginning, I'd bring my journal. I'd be like, you want to look at my journal? Like, yeah. uh, cool. Good dude, job. I don't need to look at your journal. I look at your jawline. Dude. Yeah. I don't need to look, I look at your waistline. Yeah. That tells me what your journal says, right? Mm -hmm. But that layer of accountability 
structured accountability. And for me, I was never going to let you down or show weakness by canceling on you. Right. But all the other trainers, ah, dude, it was a late flight. Can't, can't make it. Yeah. Gotta, you know, t- tomorrow's not a good day for me. Right. Right. I just wasn't going to do that in Mm -hmm. this relationship that we had. And then eventually it became, shortly after that, it became, I want to spend time with Blevins. Mm -hmm. And then it became, it's part of my new character. This is who I am. I'm now one of those guys at the gym. Because it's amazing to see the same faces at 5.30 in the morning, right? Yes. It's the same freaking people. And by the way, they look good. They're happy. You don't see a guy at the gym at 5.30 miserable. You know, uh-uh. they're getting a day going, man. Well, you might see them for a few days, but they don't uh, last very long. Baby. That's true. But boy, I have seen a lot of people drop. That's true, too. You know, not your clients, but I have no, seen a lot yeah. of faces come and go at that gym because of that six week challenge. Yeah, I, I started off building more trust in, 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 in the relationship than I did trust in the workouts and um, and more of a development of I. I asked the right questions, not to make you want to show up, but I asked the right questions to make something stimulated in your mind to say, there's something different here. And I can actually, I can actually change, change a little bit. And then I can change a lot. And then, oh man, I, I can really, I can recreate my life. Maybe I could be the rock. I can be anything I want to be. I started to say to myself, Holy crap, man. Maybe, maybe I actually could get a little bit of a V cut going. And then, of course, you realize, you know, it's a lot harder than you think to, to get that stuff. No, it's not. It's a lot longer time. Longer time. It's a longer yeah. season yeah. with v- very, very disciplined actions. Yeah. But it's not harder. It's not harder than what you've already done. Mm. It's just longer. Mm-hmm. That that that's all it is. It's the same thing, just longer. Mm-hmm. And once we recognize that, because you're getting up and doing anyways, you're getting up and you're doing your day anyways. And usually, for most people, they're walking in their misery steps. They're walking in these steps, this pattern every day, and they're getting up and they have to get up and go to work and do their thing every single day. Why not start to slowly but surely start to put something inside of those steps that's creating something you actually want, a real design for your life. Why don't we do that, dude? Why for almost 50 years of my life did I not understand this? And now, seven months later with our time together, I have just such total clarity that that's possible. Why didn't I? It's not taught. It's taught that this is what life is. And you have a little joy and a little entertainment here and there, but you got to work hard and you know, you work hard and you go to sleep and get up the next day and work hard and go to sleep. And, you know, you have some dinner with your family if you can at night. And most of the time you don't talk to each other very much. And now, nowadays you're everybody's eating on their own and they're on their cell phones. And you're just repeating this day of misery over and over and over and over again. That's li- that's literally people's lives every day. Like, you know, if you're listening right now and you're on the podcast or you're on the YouTube channel and you can't look at your life and say every single one of my days is moving me towards the vision that I created. Yeah. Stop what you're doing. Yeah. I'm not saying quit your job, but stop what you're doing and figure out what the life you want to live and create it and then start walking towards it. You're not going to be an expert at first, but with enough effort and just a little bit of movement every single day, you're going to eventually walk yourself into that new life. So here that takes us then I think to the big the big element of how you actually build out that transformed life. Mm-hmm. And you refer to it as health, wealth, love, and purpose. Right. 
That's right. So I, I believe that you can break down life simply. I, 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 like I said, I live off of quote, quotes and um, one of my favorites is simplicity perfected is simply perfect. And so I, I break life down into health, wealth, love and purpose. And I'm not sure that you couldn't add a few more subtopics or, you know, even full topics. But I think simply put health, wealth, love and purpose. I think everything kind of fits inside of there. And um, and we should design each one of those individually. So health should be a map that we design. And health is really our our physical and mental health. Let's it's, talk about map just for a second. Okay. You're talking about a road map. You're talking about you're talking almost like a uh, process. Right, right. So we create the vision of what we want to look like, what we want to feel like, what we want to think like. And then depending on where we're at, we have to start learning on how to do that. I teach this concept called AIM. It's inspiration, education, and motivation. Um, And and inspiration is much different. I teach it different than most people think, but uh, inspiration is external. It's something you see and you want to be. It's something you hear and you want to become. And so when you're inspired to do something, well, right then you need to start learning to do that. So that moves into education. When you're inspired to do something or become something, we should every day, daily, even if it's only five minutes a day, educate ourselves just a little bit in that in that topic. If we're wanting to lose weight, maybe we should learn nutrition every minute for five minutes or every day for five minutes a day until we become the expert. Same thing with fitness, same thing with psychology. Anything we want to learn, start learning that five minutes a day. And then motivation is the last one. We talked about that a little bit. Motivation is internal. It comes from within. It's something that we build. It's not something we are or we aren't. It's something that we build up through setting tiny micro goals and hitting those goals so often that we become addicted to that success and we become extremely uncomfortable with not doing what we say we're going to do. Look, I can talk about that micro goal uh, for a second. Uh, what's today? Thursday? was. I think it was Monday. Monday was not a great day for me. I just felt unproductive. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, after our workout at 6, somewhere around 4 in the afternoon, I went and I did hills on this. You know, we live in a flat part of the country, but there is this one hill. If you're from Colorado, you won't call it a hill. But in Texas, we, North Texas, we call it a hill. In North Texas, we call it a mini mountain. <laughs> and I, I did that for 45 minutes, up and down the hill, up mm-hmm. and down the hill, up and down the hill, which is the same hill that in like October and November and December, when it was freezing cold out, I would walk that hill too. Right. Um, and I did it for 45 minutes and I, it was basically a culmination of everything that, that we worked on together. Right. It was the ability to have a micro goal. Mm -hmm. It was to say I was going to do something and then do it. It was to move in this direction of my vision, which requires some cardio because I want to drop more weight. Right. I happen to be, um, changing the workout because I, there's something about that hill. I'm outdoors. I feel the wind. I feel my heart rate increase. I feel it in my legs. I get to the top. I pick a point and I come back down. And when I was done with the 45 minutes, that shitty day was a very positive day because I hit the micro goal. I reset back to the simple micro. Right. And, 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 and I was able to do what I say. So when people start to fall off, Mm -hmm. they need to understand there is a structure Mm -hmm. and that structure is the character building, Mm -hmm. the micro goal setting, the doing what you said you're going to do, the starving out of the doubt. There's a structure to getting back on the bandwagon when you fall off. Right. When, whenever you've set the vision, whenever you've really created the vision that you want to go into and you find yourself, you know, you're going hardcore and you're doing great and you find yourself that you've fallen off. Well, let me just tell you, 
there's a simple plan. That's why I teach the aim. The aim is the starting tool. That's where the micro goals lie is inside of aim. Aim is the initial tool that it takes when you're wanting to transform. And so when inspiration, you, education, education, motivation. motivation. So it, don't look at those as words or an acronym. Look at those as a tool. This is how we change. Daily, we inspire ourselves through video, through books, through reading, through whatever that inspires us, anything external that makes us want to become something. We're daily educating ourselves in that way. We're daily hitting these micro goals. And if you've fallen off that pattern and you see that you're not moving towards the vision that you created, then it's so easy. Oh, I have to start daily inspiring myself. I have to educate myself. And I have to hit these micro goals to continue this motivation. It's right now you're kind of in a walkabout. So there is some there is some wavering when it comes to what's going on with you know, what direction am I actually heading? Am I actually crushing it to lose weight right now? Am I, am I, am I building my business to, to, to make more money right now? Am I, you know, am I really working on my relationship to, you know, to share deeper love sure. right now? Am I going to write more books? Am I going to go on the speaking circuit? You're on a walkabout. So it's difficult sometimes to be happy through these pains yeah, every day yeah, yeah. because you don't have a true, true North right now, yeah. but you do know that you feel good when you, you for sure that you're wanting to better your body in the way that you feel about yourself, yeah. the way you look, you're trying to better yourself in this health category. Yeah. So that's why it felt so good to hit that micro goal is because it took you right back down to the baseline. Yeah. And so there, even, even if I'm going to lose all day or be blinded all day with nothing, I can still win. I can still win that one piece totally. of my life. And that is how people stick to the transformation roadmap right. is by, by hitting the micro goal that says, I hate my freaking husband. My kids are all brats. My job sucks. But in this season of health or wealth or love or purpose, whatever it is, I still have a foundational truth that I can do what I say I'm going to do. And it lasted me throughout the night. Well, yes. That one achievement finished off my day mm-hmm. in a positive way. And it'll start your next day because you know that's what it felt like to complete that micro goal. It felt great. I know that I need to complete another micro goal. You're building this systematic approach to moving each day towards your vision. I'm not a failure. You're not a failure. That's how it, you're that's, a winner. That's what the micro people goals think produce. that people think that when you win, you have to win big. Yeah. But winning consistently is yeah. much more powerful than a big win every once in a while. Win consistently. You know, uh, Warren Buffett, he's, he's such a great teacher to me because he keeps it so simple he says um they ask him warren why don't why don't people want to just follow your strategy to get rich and he says well because nobody wants to get rich slowly Mm -hmm. and he's so consistent with his patterns he's so consistent with his methodology the flow of his life Mm -hmm. that it's and it's producing this result and that result is growing. And it's the same thing for us. We have to get in such simple patterns that it's producing a result and we just increase those patterns. I, do, I just want to go back to one thing as we're getting closer to the close about it really isn't a wide path. No. It's, it's, a, it's a really very narrow path to change mm-hmm. and to transform specifically. And so if, 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 if someone is listening and saying, boy, there's a lot of things I want to do. I just want to remind you that it's not really your version of it. Mm-hmm. It's really the version. Mm-hmm. And what that means is um, it's not about, and I'm talking nutritional and physical for a minute here. 
It's not about that cheat day. Mm-hmm. Dude, if you wanna if you wanna work out three days a week and eat clean six, and then you wanna bury it on Sunday with pizza and cake and all that sort of stuff, it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. If you wanna lose a lot of weight, it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. It's seven days a week, narrow path for a season. A and rhythm. That, it's a rhythm, it's a habit, it's a it's a it's it's a truth of discipline. Mm-hmm. It is not a one-off version of it. Mm-hmm. And I just can't stress that enough, how, how transformational that was for me to understand that it's not my version. Because I'm a freedom guy, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, dude, I can do it, right? Yes. No, dude, you can't. There's some things you can't. Right. And losing weight is one of them. It's yeah. not your freaking version of how you're going to lose weight. It is the version. Yes. And that version is, it, for, for most of us, is totally inaccurate. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like this, man. If you're going to ask a coach how to do anything, whether it's a business coach, a health coach, a life coach, a love you know, relationship coach, if you're going to ask them to do anything, then you have to develop the character to do exactly what they ask. And once you're doing it, if it's not working, it's okay because you now have the skill set to do it. And you can get a different coach. But if you haven't developed the skills, you know, how many people are like, well, I'm getting a new coach this week. And you're like, if they had to tell the truth, they're like, I didn't really follow the plan what he told me to. I'm but getting a new job. I'm going to get a new one because I'll probably follow that plan. Oh, I'm getting a new one because I, I got to, it's, this isn't the right one. You don't have, you have to develop the ability. The desire should be the, for the ability to do what you say you're going to in do. In almost any situation. Not, in, what's the, what's the next answer? What's the new choice? What's the big bright thing that, you know, everybody's doing nowadays? Do you have the ability to follow through? Do you have the ability to do what you say you're going to do? So, so here's where we finish today because you know, Saturday is a funky day uh, for me, and maybe it maybe it is for you, maybe it isn't. But I'm staying here, mm-hmm. and you're going. Mm-hmm. You're you're literally packing up your family, <laughs> and you are moving to Colorado Springs, um, to start a church, mm-hmm. which you've been called by God to do. And we haven't talked about God much on the podcast today, but. I mean, that is really what your life is all about. If anyone, thinks, if anyone thinks that your life is about personal training, um, that ended a few years ago for you. Yes. And, um, and your life has now moved into serving uh, God's desires for you mm-hmm. to the point where you're packing up and moving. Oh, I've packed up. <laughs> and you're gone. I mean, you guys roll out on Saturday. I told a lot of people I, I'm, on Saturday I become a vapor. Mm. I become the vapor. This, so what are you doing? This new version of myself is is not the version that is you know part of the world and part part of God. This new version of myself is somebody who's completely surrendered over to say, I just want to share God's love with people. I just want to teach people about what eternity is and why our life should be driven towards eternity and not towards our next day. Eternity is the only thing that is even on my mind anymore. I'm, I believe that this world is full of distraction and the purpose of our life is to know and to love God. That's it. That's the complete purpose. That's why we were designed. I, I want everybody to be successful and have a happy life and all, all that's good, great and grand. But I believe the singular purpose of life 
is to know and to love God. And when you've made your life about that, he will lead you into the direction that you're supposed to go. He'll lead you into the path that you're supposed to follow. And um, without that, I, I think that everybody is living this life of, you know, joy and pleasure that's not real joy and pleasure it's a life of distraction and um where where some people have called it you know my extreme approach to religion i believe that it's the only approach to god i'm completely surrendered and sold out but i we joked about this uh, many times and i think you you know at one hand i think you 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 do appreciate it as comical but on the other hand i know it creates sadness for you too when I'm like, dude, I'm good, man. John three sixteen, baby, I'm in. So just, I'll see you up there. Yeah. And and you have a completely different interpretation of that, which is so counterintuitive to how so many people believe what being saved by Christ is. Yeah, it's 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 crazy because it's because our lack of understanding, our lack of scripture based understanding of of this world and what God is and what this life is um that people feel that way and it the, actually the scriptures predict this uh in revelation 3 um about halfway in probably about 16 verses in it talks to the church of laodicea and it talks about the church that has become rich and wealthy and um that they don't need god anymore and they got this and i'm cool and you know don't worry about me and they don't they don't rely on christ anymore they don't rely on the creator anymore they got it and what jesus says is i will spew you out of my mouth I will spew you out of my mouth. And um, I just think it's something cool because he says, come buy from me gold that's been purified by the fire. And what that means is come live the life that I've already predestined you to. I've already designed for you. And you will end up with an eternity that is full of the blessings that I've created for you that trump. I love that word, trump the blessings that you think you're creating for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting, man. I mean, it really is. It's just so different than the way most of us believe. I mean, you believe that the the way you get to to heaven is through learning the scripture. No, I believe. No, I don't want to make this very clear. I believe salvation comes through belief in Jesus Christ, that he he came and lived a perfect life. He died on a cross and was raised again three days later as our sacrifice. I believe that's believing in that will take you out of hell. That's called justification. But there's another part that's called sanctification, and that is walking, being purified by the word and being transformed by the word. And at the end, there will be a glorification, and that is your justification met with your sanctification and what that produced in the good works that you've lived in this world. <laughs> and you'll, you'll be met with the reward of your eternity. And some people, most people's reward will actually be burnt up in the fire and they'll be left with loss. But at least they won't be in hell. Got it, got it. There is a difference there. Look, all I want to tell you is that um, you have made an incredible impact on my life. And the idea that this breadth of topics that you have mastery in, we can talk about every morning at 6 a.m. and and get a workout in throughout it, um, has just been just been life changing for me, and 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 it's going to be a sad uh, Monday for me, mm-hmm. and um, I'm gonna I I, I got to do my own version of trying to find it, but I think what makes sad is. I'm not the least bit concerned, and I hope you're not either, that 
getting my workout in would happen. Yeah. Right. That that I'm going to start eating pizza again. Yeah. There's that literally. It's done. It's over. <laughs> but the idea that I'm going to find somebody that can mentally spar and teach me and maybe learn from me and entertain me. It's going to be a hard one to fill, man. And I'm going to miss you. So, you know, that I wish you the best of luck on this journey. Um, I believe in you. I know that you are called to do what you're going to do. Um, and, uh, and you won't be vapor to me. Yeah. You know, I know some of the people that you will be, vap- <laughs> that you will be vaporized by. Yes. But I'm not one of them. And I, I just I love you, man. And I, I, I consider you a very close friend. And you came into my life and brought me something that I, I when when Jamie Waits called a transformation, I had no idea <laughs> that it was going to be this version of transformation. I'm glad you feel that way, man. It's uh, it's been such a ride for me it's, if with you, too. And I have I have learned so much from you. And um, the greatest thing that I learned is that. That just because this is how I see myself doesn't mean that's how other people are going to see me. And if I want to be able to influence the world the right way, that I have to be able to walk a truth that is open to the idea that people's interpretations of me matter, especially when I'm trying to represent something different than just whatever it is that I'm doing. Mm. And it's given me a, a it's given me a greater understanding to say to see that I. Uh, you'll remember this, but that I prefer to be on fire. Um, I prefer, you know, because I can take the pain and I can take the hits and keep on going because I'm very in tune with my pattern and my, and my steps and I don't waver and I just continue my pattern. And you know, that, that being on fire, even though it doesn't hurt me, it's holding me back. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge deal that, that, you know, you, 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 you look at yourself at times and this is a, you look at yourself in uh, many different ways, but <laughs> but sometimes as you know, powerful as the phoenix, mm-hmm. that you can rise from the ashes, that nothing can hurt you. Mm-hmm. And w- while I think you interpret that as a huge strength, I think that in itself is sometimes a weakness because um, uh, because uh, sometimes we that keeps us from trusting other people. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the curse of being a survivor that you are and that I am. And it makes us start over. Instead yeah. of being able to continue the yeah. path forward, it makes us say we can keep stepping forward even if you bring us back to the beginning. Yeah, I haven't burned it, to, but it's not that's, burned up enough. I'm yeah, not. It, I'm tired of being at the beginning, and I'm excited to move past that. And that's yeah. been a, a real gift, like because it really changed the way I saw, the way I set things up. Mm. It's my setup, and you know, because I I choose to do right by people, but my setup often allows people to put me in a position to where I do have to start over Mm. and I'll never have to do that again. You've shown me a very clear picture of how to position myself to where I don't have to start over and over and over and over again, that I can continue the walk and can, and take the momentum that I have and continue with that. So let's talk about the church just for a little bit. Um, Colorado. Well, it's North of Colorado Springs, right? Well, my, the house, the home is in, is, is North, uh, just North, just about 25 minutes outside of Colorado Springs. But what we're going to do is we're going to look for, um, a place in the, in the the middle of Colorado Springs and we're going to plant an altar, a worship center. And it's, that's what we're doing is we're going to plant, 
plant a worship center and where everybody typically goes to church and you know they they do a little bit of worship and they hear a, a preacher preach and then they go home for the week and that's what they they repeat their cycle that's what they do um our church is is very much different our church represents the church that we see in scripture and what that looks like is yes we're going to meet on saturday or sunday at the worship center but just to worship but during the week we're also going to meet at homes and we're going to meet in those homes for home churches you know maximum 25 people at a time to really walk people into the fullness of their relationship with god and what it looks like to actually surrender their life to god yeah you that's what you're looking for that's yeah and that's that that's it that's that's all that's all i'm i'm interested in i want to love people and i want to share with people but i'm only looking to really feed into the people that are looking for a complete surrender a complete yeah. a completely transformed life and you believe that you are totally surrendered to god i am without a doubt completely surrendered Dude, i'm to pretty god. good at, i'm pretty good at figuring out what somebody's truths are and that is i know for sure that is your truth and i don't i don't want to act like i'm you know mr goody two shoes and get the guy that doesn't mess up and i you know I, I should be the guy walking around with a suit and tie and telling people how to be good i believe that most people try to be good to know god when what my message is is Try to know God and he will work good into you. And um, that's where I live is I just want to know God more and more every day. And he will work goodness into and through me. So uh, the name of the church is going to be? Twelve Light Church. And the whole idea is um, Jesus, Jesus gave us a great example of taking 12 people and feeding into the, in the fullness of the relationship with God. And those 12 people went and took people and taught them the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so we want to take that same model and disciple people, um, 12 people at a time, disciple people into the fullness of their relationship with God, walk them into their calling, into their giftings, and then empower them to leadership so they can do the same thing for others. Mm -hmm. It's powerful stuff, dude, and I know you have total clarity on it. I'm just going to miss you on Monday morning. Yeah, I'm going to miss man. you too, man. It's a very strange feeling for me. I don't have very many friends in my life. Um, you've become a really good friend of mine. You're one of the only people I really like to talk to every day because <laughs> I teach everyone, but I get to talk to you. Yeah. I have a back and forth real conversation, and it is powerful for me. And it's it's one of my favorite parts of my day every single day, and it's something I look forward to. It it starts my day off most of the time, and it's it's all you know. You know, my question of the day is. You you know, that's usually come up with it. I have a question of the day or here's my comment of the day. And, you know, it always starts off so well. And we have these cool walks that we go on. And, you know, it's it's de it's depth. It's true depth. I'm not interested in having, you know, um, what do people talk when they have those conversations that don't mean anything? Uh, small, talk? small talk. I have zero interest in small talk. I want the depth of life and the yeah. depth of people, or I just have little interest in you. And that may seem seem harsh or unfair. It's just the way that my mind and my heart works. I just, I either want to be in a pattern of developing friendship, or I want to say, "Hey, good to see you, and see you later." Yeah, I'd rather be alone. <laughs> That's right. I'd, I'd rather be alone or hanging out with God than wasting my time <laughs> talking to you about how the Packers are doing this week. No offense to you, Packers fans. But dude, you don't know much about sports at all, though, do you? No, man, I don't. I, I well. You know, I do know that 
Troy Aikman probably had a really good season last season. <laughs> I know I know that Emmett is doing well because he I think he's something like the league MVP or something like that. And th- that's what I know about sports is Troy and Emmett are killing you're, you're it. You're stuck in the 92, <laughs> 4, and 5 season. That's where you're at. Oh. All right, brother. I love you, man. Thanks for coming by and being on the show. I, I love you, too. And I, I've appreciated everything. And today was great, man. And I, I just appreciate you having me on and let me share a little bit about my life and you know the ability to transform that life because I will tell you I've come from the dumps into to the glory and it wasn't because I worked hard it's because God found me and has brought me through something incredible amen take care buddy thanks man we'll see y'all down the road that's our episode this week with your host Matt Monero check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. central as we discuss money your life and how you need more money